I've been very nervous, my palms have been sweating, I'm sweating, I've been sitting in front of my camera for an hour not knowing exactly what I want to say, I feel like a wreck, but that's exactly what I want to show up to you guys, because this is the real me, and this is who I am, and this is a real video where I'm not using jump cuts, because I just want to talk to you and have a conversation. That is Matthew Schuler from a YouTube video he released back in 2013 entitled Coming Out, This Is Who I Am. And while this video is important, it's not the start of our story, or the end for that matter. It's just a very good place to start. Next. I met Matthew about a year ago because he was a fan of this show. And yet, as I found out more about him, I became very impressed with who he is and how he is expressing himself into the world. Yeah, so how would I introduce myself? I'd say something like, Hello, my name is Matthew Schuler. I am 26 years old. I live in Lincoln, Nebraska. I'm originally from um, Albany, Oregon. Went to school in Seattle, Washington. So I'm a little bit of a Northwest kid. So uh, I do wedding and journalistic type style photography. Um, I like to work in a lot of portraiture. And on my free time, I love making YouTube videos, which I've done since the year 2007. So it's been a big part of my life. Now, Matthew sort of describes YouTubing as a hobby in his introduction, but his presence on YouTube was quite significant back in 2013. At that time, he had roughly 70,000 subscribers and had been on the platform for six years. Matthew's decision to post that video did not come lightly. It was the result of years of struggle with who he was and who he chose to be in the world. Ultimately, it was a struggle with integrity. A battle, as one of our listeners recently described it, of fitting in versus being oneself. And that battle started very young. There was a sense of uncomfortability with me when I was even in first grade, second grade, where I was realizing that I did not have the same interests as some of the guys around me. So I remember feeling very uncomfortable about that and like something was wrong with me. And I didn't really know. I don't know. I, I had this little sense of guilt as a child, which is just weird to think about because you shouldn't feel guilty about what you do, just what your interests are. You shouldn't feel guilty about that. But I did. And I started to realize this more so later in elementary school, particularly in the fifth grade is when I really felt for the first time that I was truly different and that there was something wrong with me. I felt that there was something wrong. And this feeling for Matthew, it didn't go away as he grew up. If anything, the internal battle escalated. From fifth grade on, up until I was 20 years old, um, so about nine, nine years, I completely rejected my sexuality and believed that I wasn't born gay or that I... Even if I was born gay, it was something that I was supposed to overcome. And if I couldn't overcome my sexuality, then I was, by definition, a failure. So through that, I just felt guilty all the time, doubted myself, and really thought of myself as a truly evil or messed up person. Uh, and that was mostly re like religiously backed um, and reflected through the people I knew in my life. and friends and family and people who really would say that they care about me, um, but their words and actions taught me to hate myself. 
Now, as Matthew shares this backstory, it strikes me that so many of us, if not all of us, can relate to these feelings, both growing up and still today. You know, the struggles we find ourselves in when who we want to be or what we want to do is not in alignment with who we are being or what we are doing. Integrity is often linked to doing the right thing or being honest. And while that may fit into the definition, it is not the integrity we are speaking about in this episode. We are speaking about integrity defined as a state of being whole and undivided. Much like people think about integrity as it relates to a structure. Structural failure occurs when a structure is unable to handle the forces acting against it, whether that be the structure's own weight, the load that it is carrying, or moving forces around it. Structural integrity is the ability of an item to hold together under those forces, resisting bending or breaking. Our personal integrity serves that same purpose. Its presence provides us with strength, or its absence drains us and breaks us. Welcome to Where There's Smoke, the show where we explore self-development through the lens of current events, pop culture, and experience. This week, we are exploring integrity and the power of being who you are with guest Matthew Schuler. My name is Brett Gaida. Uh, I'll let the other guy introduce himself. Nick? Hmm? Nick? What, me? Like, me, a name I call myself? <laughs> yeah, I yeah, know. I, I, that was, I, I know where you were going there. I just Yeah, just I'm, sound of music. You see what's happening. Yeah, yeah okay. I don't know if it worked. Anyway, uh, there you go. Let's start the show. Recently, my son Radic, who's six years old, decided he wanted to cut his hair. Now, my son has, well, had, <laughs> this long, blonde surfer hair that I loved. And I think he did too, as we always told him he could cut it anytime he wanted, and he didn't. Until recently, when he started telling us that he wanted a mohawk. I don't know where that came from, but suddenly that's what he wanted. Now, being that it was winter here, we struck a deal that he could have a faux hawk now, and if he still wanted a mohawk in the summer, he could do it. Because, you know, it's, it's a bit chilly to be shaving your head in Toronto in February. So anyway, a couple of months ago, he got most of his hair cut off. But it was his reasoning that really struck me. He told me that he, quote, wanted to look like a totally different person. Now, my son started at a new school this year. He's a little guy, and he's been bullied a bit. And so this really struck me. I didn't overreact to it, but I did wonder what was behind it. And actually, he came home after his first day at school with his new short hair, and he was upset. He said, Daddy, I wanted to look like a totally different person, but everybody knew who I was. Being ourselves can feel tough at times. We can want to be someone different. Sometimes to fit in, or sometimes to run away. But either way, we are still us. As the saying goes, wherever you go, 
there you are. Going back to Matthew's story, at the end of that nine-year period, he found himself wanting to run away from his battle inside. And so he did what many of us do when we want to avoid something internal. He changed the external. And he did what many people do at the end of their teens. He ran away to college. Having been raised Christian, he decided to attend a small Christian college in Seattle. But part of me was like, oh no, I want to get away from anyone and everyone who would judge me and I want to re-Christianize myself and get as far away from homosexuality as I possibly can by just engulfing myself in the Bible and all this Christianity wisdom. But when I went there, the exact opposite happened. Instead of getting away from homosexuality and the struggles with being different, he found himself surrounded by like-minded people and more allies than enemies. Students who were struggling with their own sexuality and professors who were liberal-minded. And through those classes of theology and really looking into the Bible and professors expressing uh, a little bit of, hey, we don't actually know. We don't know if the Bible's really saying this. And there's different perspectives and ways to look at this. That triggered me into thinking, whoa, this isn't a sealed deal. This isn't like the truth necessarily, what I've been taught and what I've thought about myself. And that led me to go into my own research and look into it as much as possible. For the first 20 years of his life, Matthew believed his sexuality was something he needed to overcome. And when he tried to run away from that battle, he could not. However, by changing his position, he did put himself in a place that also changed his perspective. I I feel like... When I look back in my life through those nine years, my rationalization of what I believed was that everybody had their thing. Everybody was battling with something, whether it was drugs or alcohol or pornography and, you know, all these things that I was taught were really bad that I shouldn't have any part in my life. Um, And my thing was struggling with my sexuality, struggling with being gay. But I think around that point in time when I started learning a little bit more about theology and realizing that the perspective I had been taught isn't necessarily the truth, I realized that perhaps my struggle in life was really loving myself or being true to the person that I am or who I was born to be. It's not that my sexuality was the problem, it was that me not accepting my sexuality was the problem. So it was just a this minor change in perspective, which really led me to like look into it, research it, and figure things out on my own, because that's, I was not getting that from the rest of the world. This exploration led Matthew to a place where he started to talk to other people about his sexuality. At first, strangers. To me, it felt a lot easier to, to come out to people and to talk to people who I didn't know very well before I talked to my parents, the first people I ever told I was gay are complete strangers, and I couldn't tell you who they were if they had walked into this room right now. And then he spoke to some of his closest friends. And eventually, Matthew mustered up the courage to speak to his parents. But he was still struggling. He was still scared. And so he retreated back, trying to 
find some other version of himself that he felt could be accepted. I was trying to make myself believe that I was bi at that point in time. I didn't want to fully accept that I was gay or that there was no um, chance for me to have a female partner in the future. It was really difficult for me to come to terms with that at the time, especially when presenting it to my parents. So internally, I was like, I know I'm gay. Um, but externally, I'm like, yeah, but maybe I could try to make things work with a woman. Like, you know, just really wrestling with that. And at the time, yeah, I said, I'm bi. Um, they're like, yeah, we don't know about that. Like, we're okay if you're gay or if you're straight. We Like, we just want you to be sure and happy with that. So they set me up talking to a priest at the time. Now, this conversation with a priest set up by Matthew's dad would prove to be a huge turning point for him. But going into it, Matthew had his doubts. I was full of doubt going into the conversation. I was not feeling good about it. Um, I, I didn't know where my parents stood exactly on me being gay. And that whole time period from cr- Christmas into January um, was just very tense. And I just felt like I was holding my breath. So going into the conversation, I was just shaking, nervous, you know. And yet, to his credit, shaky, nervous, and all, Matthew had the conversation. And as it turns out, that conversation with Father Carey would prove to be life-changing for him. That conversation was a turning point for me. Uh, I just remember he took a breath and he's like, you know what? I mean, listening to you talk about this, I, I don't know. I don't think I would say that you're bi. He's like, I think I would say you're gay. And I said, you know what? You are, you're right. You are definitely right. Uh, but I don't know if I can admit that or accept it. I don't want to let go of that hope of still being in a heterosexual relationship. Like maybe I could make this work. And he told me, you, you can't. That's not a part of who you are. And it's not a question of if you try hard enough, maybe you can fake it and then you'll be able to be in a straight relationship. He's like, that's just not in your core values. It's not who you were born to be. And it's not in your DNA. And now we're, I'm I'm having a conversation with a priest about my DNA and (laughs) my genetic makeup and how that dictates whether I like men or women. I think the the one thing that he said that really stood out to me and changed my perspective and how I would approach the next coming months and years in my life, he said that it's better to live in integrity and to be true to who you are than to live a lie. Even if other people view it as sin, and even perhaps if it if it was sin, if it was a little bit sinful, it's better to live in integrity than to lie throughout your entire life. Because like, what's what's worse, lying throughout your entire life or being true to who you are and just being an imperfect person and accepting it and owning it. You know, we're all imperfect and we all have issues. And if I live with self-doubt and don't accept my sexuality, I need to be truthful in that moment and come out with that and be okay with that and say, this is, this is what I'm struggling with and this is who I am and I need to 
own it because then you can get better and, and, and do things with it. I've said this on our show before. All progress starts with being honest about where you are. Matthew himself recognizes that Father Carey's words may sound simple or cliche. I mean, basically, he said, be yourself. But sometimes the simplest things are the most powerful when we are open to hearing them and able to understand them in a way that impacts us. In his conversation with Father Carey, Matthew saw that he had two choices. He had some very profound words to say about integrity and being true to yourself. And as cliche as that sounds, I think that conversation is where it made the most sense to me. Not just because it was coming from a priest, but because he just related it to my core values, I guess, where I'm like, I want to be honest. I want to live the best way that I can. And with integrity, being true to yourself, there was no better way that I could live my life because it was either live my life as a gay man or live my life as a closeted gay man with a wife or with a girlfriend or whatever that may look like in the future. And so I was trying to figure out what road would lead to more happiness. And through the conversation with the priest, I realized that the road of trying to mask my sexuality by dating a woman or not dating anyone at all um, would never lead to a life that's happier than being an out gay man. I think this is one of the ways we try to cheat at life, but it never really works. We can't compartmentalize our values, who we are, and expect to be effective. How you are in one area of your life is how you are in all areas of your life. The word integrity stems from the Latin word integer, which means whole and complete, undivided. There is only one you, one me, one each of us. And we bring that one of us to each situation, regardless of the circumstance. When we do anything else, we are choosing to wear a mask and pretending to be someone or something that we are not. What the ancient Greeks would define as a hypocrites. Now, if we aspire to integrity, we will have moments where we falter. Don't confuse being human and fallible with being a hypocrites. Falling short or failing at times is much different than choosing to be someone else. Intention matters here, and perfection is not the goal. And so Matthew decided he had had enough of the masks, enough of the tension and exhaustion that comes with living in an internal war zone, having to filter your words and be careful about what you say or do under the fear that you will be found out. It's exhausting. When I was closeted and the more that I progressed through this, the more my relationship struggled and the more um, anxiety I felt. And I went through lots of periods of depression and was trying to wrestle with this and kind of put my mind into my grades or other things and try to focus on that. But everything suffered because of this. Now, I want to pause the story here for a second and make sure that this point is registering because it may be the strongest case for integrity in our lives. 
Think about how much energy it takes to be anything but true to ourselves. And maybe that is juggling the lies that you are telling, holding back feelings, avoiding situations, doing things you don't want to do, convincing people, convincing yourself. It is exhausting. And when we stop, when we let go of all that and choose to be who we want to be, that energy, that energy becomes ours again. It goes from being rerouted and unavailable to a line behind whatever it is that we want to create. And that is a huge power shift. And that is the shift that Matthew stepped into following his conversation with Father Carey. Following that conversation, he came out to his parents and then the rest of his family in the weeks that followed. And then a couple of months later, with that YouTube video, he basically came out to the world and fully stepped in to his integrity. Yeah, if there was any day that has made a profound difference in my life, it's the day I posted that video, how freeing and liberating it felt. Up until that point in his life, Matthew was driving with the handbrake on, trying to compartmentalize, not being true to himself, and ultimately holding himself back everywhere. But when he aligned himself, all that changed. And not just in how he felt, but in who he was and how he lived his life. And then when I finally came out, it was this extreme euphoria and this feeling of I can finally breathe and be who I am and not care about what other people think about me. When I talk about having that weight on your shoulders and carrying that around with you everywhere you go, once I came out, it just applied to every single part of my life. When it comes to integrity, we all have the same choice that Matthew found himself faced with. Door number one or door number two. Behind door number one, we are exhausted, tense, stressed, unhappy, depressed, confused, worried, scared, and living some version of our life meant for someone else. Behind door number two, well, we might still be scared, worried, and there will still be stress. But we will also be energized, confident, grounded, clear, light, optimistic, aligned, and loved. I asked Matthew how he would describe the difference in his life once he chose integrity. And as we close out the show, just listen and think about how this applies to how you present yourself in your own life. For the first time in my life, I felt like I could wake up and be who I actually am and not put on a mask. I didn't have to filter myself. I could just say what I wanted to say and do what I wanted to do without feeling like I would be found out or judged or, or that my life would be ruined. So going from 100% defensive all the time to being able to be open and honest and 
happy about my honesty. I don't think it would be possible to have completely authentic relationships if you can't be honest about and true to who you are. So I think it was the first time in my life where I could have a real friendship or a real relationship, whether that was with my family or my friends or anyone. It was like no one really knew who Matthew Schuler was or the real Matthew Schuler was until I came out. Even online, I was a different person and putting up a front, acting like somebody who I wasn't. And people would tell me all the time, you know, I watch your videos and you just don't seem like the real you. And it's like, well, it's not. <laughs> so coming out just opened me up in every single aspect of my life. Special thanks to Matthew Schuler for sharing his story with us and for also being a great fan and evangelist for our show. We so appreciate all of it. If you would like to stay connected with Matthew, he shares updates and adventures through his YouTube channel. Look up Matthew Schuler. That is S-C-H-U-E-L-L-E-R. You can also see his fantastic photography on his Instagram feed. He is at Matthew Schuler, and link to both of those are in the show notes. I also want to give a shout out to Matthew's dad. We've never met, but there is a part of Matthew's story that I wanted to get into the episode and it just didn't quite fit with the flow. But the exchange between Matthew and his dad when he came out to him is pretty great and sort of a life lesson in itself on how the stories we tell ourselves rarely have any bearing in the truth. I actually emailed him and I was like, hey, dad, uh, talked with the priest. It was great. Like, here's what he said. This is basically it. He said, being gay is okay, and I need to live with integrity and be true to who I am. So he thinks I should be gay. I think I'm going to be gay. And that's it. Um, (laughs) And he replied back, and he's just like, you know what? I think that's awesome. I love you for who you are, and I don't want you to change if, um, you know, if that was the end of your conversation and the conclusion you guys came to, then so be it. And let's party basically. (laughs) So again, thank you, Matthew and everyone listening. Let's choose integrity and let's party. All right, everyone, this is Brett and I am here with Nick. Yo, Yo, so Nick, often this would be the place where we do WTS digs. Yes, I was uh, informed that that's not happening today. Yeah, well, I thought we'd do something a little different. I don't want to name this segment, but if I were to name it, maybe it'd be called like, it's sort of like a mailbag, but this isn't actually wasn't mail. It was actually a voicemail. That's mail. You know, it's called a voicemail. Yeah, mail. so mail. So it's like voice WTS mail. mailbag, right? Email. Voicemail, yes. So we have a speak pipe on our website. Uh, we will have a brand new website really, really soon, but we can't quite say right now, but really soon. But it is on our old website. It'll be on our new website. We have a speak pipe there where basically you can go and you can leave messages. So we got a message, uh, Nick, from Ron Yamada. Okay. And Ron Yamada is not name. only a longtime listener, but he is also, as he says in the message, our number one Patreon uh, supporter, I think he says, because he was actually the very first person. Mm-hmm to pledge money for us on Patreon, and he still uh, donates every month. So, great guy, uh, lives in the Bay Area. So he left this voicemail, so you haven't heard this. I have not. I, I don't okay, know what's so up. 
No, so I'm going to play it now, and then and then we can sort of talk about it. Okay. Hey, Brent and Nick, this is Ron Yamada, your number one Patreon supporter. Hey, so since a lot of your shows have music as a theme, and since both of you are musicians, I've been wondering for the longest time, when are we going to hear you guys play and sing on a broadcast? I'm sure a lot of others would like to hear what the W2S band sounds like. <laughs> Love the show. Can't wait to the next one. Peace out. Bye. All right. So... <laughs> So a couple things here. So I do want to answer the question, Nick, because there is a there is definitely uh, something that we've talked about for a long mm-hmm. time around this. But but the other thing that sort of sparked me here was he said, I'm excited to hear the WTS band, mm. which then sort of I suddenly pictured that. Uh, so I think I mentioned this in the show before, but I was either proudly or not proudly in high school. I was voted most likely both most likely to replace Johnny Carson. That's right. In in like the That's yearbook, I think it the was. Show. And then in another like thing they did at the end of the year, I was voted most likely to replace Arsenio Hall. So I was. I, was, I, yeah. I, I feel like that's more speaking to a moment. Than... Oh, dr- yeah. I'm just saying. So then I thought, well, okay. So if if so if if there's a WTS band, then you'd be like, you'd be like the Paul Schaefer. Or, so I was sort of, I don't know. I was sort of wondering like, Oh, interesting. You're if, thinking of it as like the, the, like a house band. Yeah. For a show. Yeah. Yeah. So I was like, so would you be more of a Paul Schaefer or a Max Weinberg or a, a Questlove <sighs> or a John Batiste? Like who, how would you see yourself? That's interesting because, uh, um, I don't know. That's a good question. They're all, I guess I would probably want to choose. I mean, Questlove's the coolest of all of them, but I don't, I don't really attain to that level. It does sort of lead to the question of, I actually feel more of like an Andy Richter, actually. That's what's, Ah. that's what's sort of strange about it. No, that's fair. And, and let, because in that there would be some other, what, let's just get, why don't we get Questlove? Yeah. (laughs) For our show. I mean, that's the thing that sort of changed over the years, these band leaders, right? Is they are, they're, they're sort of being their version of, of Andy, Re- like like Reggie Watts is very much that. I yeah, think. actually, Reggie Watts would actually be my choice because he gets to kind of do his own thing sometimes. And Reggie Watts is a genius. I'm not a genius, but he is so I, he's so creative that I just want to be him. So that would be my choice. Fair which enough, which fair host enough. would you want to be of the current flock? Um, of the current flock, I think I gotta oh, I gotta go with Conan just because I. You know, I mean, if, it's interesting, right? If you had asked me this question a couple of years ago, it probably would have been very different. But I don't know. I like I, I like that Conan has always just done his thing, mm-hmm. you know, and he's still doing his thing now. And, uh, you know, I don't know if I'd want to look like Conan, but... Conan uh, looks great. <laughs> well, you know, he's got great hair. There's no doubt about it. Uh, so, yeah, I think it might be Conan. I think it might be Conan. Though I, I appreciate Seth Meyers, but he's sort of a little bit of a different... Uh, you, just want, you just want to have a good time. Yeah, yeah, that's it, yeah. <laughs> So, okay, so let's get back to the question here, yes. though, because we have been talking about oh, for at least two years, three years. At least two, doing, yeah. Doing what, Nick? What have we been talking about? I want to say, before I say this out loud, that this is oh, an man. idea that I expressed to you well before it became a thing elsewhere, So, which is a good reminder that- Oh, the, true. Which true. is a good reminder yes. that the myth of innovations, right, is that yeah. good ideas are rare. So yes. I, we, I was like, let's do a musical episode over two years ago. And the, I mean, it shouldn't surprise anybody that the production required in that is high. It's not like we don't have the capabilities necessarily to write and record songs. Although, I mean, that's the recording is a song of a certain quality is, I think, a harder thing than making a podcast. Then you just got to like have a show. I mean, like writing a show is hard. (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah. So so we haven't done it. And of course, since then, there have been all of these things that have come out that I have actually not listened to because I'm angry. <laughs> right. Right. You have listened to yes. them. I, I well, I did listen to one, yeah the uh, the questions one, which how many questions is it again? I can't. Remember I don't know. One. Certain amount. Yeah. So I have, and yes, uh, you know, we've had this idea for a long time. We have not executed it. And I think part of the reason why I wanted to answer this question on the show was one because I wanted Ron and sort of listeners to know we've talked about this. Like we, we. But two, I feel like now maybe this will force our hand a little bit to do it next season because I think if we don't do it, I don't know. I might have a bit of a regret. Well, yeah. I mean, it's funny. There's another show idea that has started. There's like this like basket of ideas that we have that we've been like yeah. one day. There's another one that I'm yeah. actually strangely more excited about because I have not heard anyone do that one yet. Yes. So, which I'm not going to share so that no one can steal it. <laughs> no. So that one I think is actually even more complex. It's more complex. In how we're going to execute it. Yeah, yeah. Although the production itself is probably is definitely easier than it is to record. You know, we don't do like a mass. I don't know if anyone cares. We don't do a mastering process for this episode outside of my mix. Like, really, what we should do is be, is like be editing the show and then sending them off to a, a third party to do like a master on it. Um, I think about that every so often. And if we did a musical episode, that would be a requirement for me. Like, we would just have to be sort of really ahead of the curve so that we could slot in a month of of post production time. <laughs> right. Right. To get it done. Right. So one day. One day, one day. So uh, on our, if you on want our, it to happen, uh, yes, they could they could suggest ideas on Facebook or something. They could be like, Ooh, "What would be a go. good topic?" Yeah. Sure, yeah, yeah, because we have to find something, right? It has to be a bit meta. It has to make sense, right? That the topic we're tackling is being sung about instead of talked. about. I mean, but it's basically just going to be like a Muppets movie, right? Which is always like a a movie about trying to put the show on. <laughs> yes, maybe, maybe, maybe. All right, so there you have it. Uh, hot, hot. Uh, breaking WTS news. <laughs> yes, breaking. <laughs> that we have thought for a long time about doing a musical episode, Yeah, we, we still have not. We have not. not done any of the work. <laughs> so don't <laughs> don't get too excited. But we've thought about it a lot. Um, did you, I have not, this is how unplanned this is. Did you happen to mention in the credits um, what our next episode is? No. Do you want to just remind people now what's happening? Because we actually sure no yeah I should yeah so we uh, we did that's a great idea Nick thanks I'm so glad you're here <laughs> um, so we are doing another forty eight hour challenge uh, we got the topic a little bit earlier than we normally do because we wanted to just have it sort of ready and to go um, and we are going to be working on that episode I believe next week we've got mm-hmm. two days slotted in the calendar to tackle it and we got recommendations from our listeners. And we randomly drew a topic, and the topic is, Nick, I'll let you reveal it. Classic. Classic. <laughs> Which I still don't know. We have not talked about as sort of is the rule. We have not. I don't. I have thoughts that I have had. I've just in passing. We have not talked about this yet. Um, no. But I'm, I I just feel confident that it'll be a fun show. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. and planning on it being a fun show so yeah. we are going to be tackling classic uh that's probably that's what we'll be doing next week yeah. if you're listening to this the day it releases so, so we, we accept uh, all uh just uh encouragement and um i don't know yeah hey, if you got movie clips or tv clips that use the word classic and you think they should be in the episode feel free to pop yes. them on social media yes actually definitely we're, we're gonna we're gonna assume be chock full of clips this one <laughs> if hopefully. i had to put money on it i bet that brett's clip <laughs> ratio to Nick's clip ratio is like six to one in this episode. We'll see, we'll see. 
right. All right. So uh, thank you all, all of you out there for listening to this uh, this premiere and maybe last ever episode of WTS Mailbag and uh, whatever else we've talked about. We appreciate you guys so much, and uh, I guess we'll see you in a couple weeks. Thanks. Check, check, one, two. As we close out another episode, I want to give a special shout out to some very generous and important people, our Patreon supporters, listeners who choose to give a few dollars each month to support the show. It is because of them we'll be launching a new website soon. And as we look forward, support from listeners is going to be critical to us keeping this show going. So thank you. To name a few who have supported us over the years, Rob Balaam, Zena Aris Sutton, Richard Band, Michael Miller, Jody Dixon, Saba Othbath, Mazen, Jay Kumar, PJ Daly, Robin Talley, Kilija Zivkovich, Jerry Hagawara, Caesar, and Billy. Thank you to each and all of you. If you'd be willing to give a little each month to help us keep this going, please go to supportwts.com for more info. Again, that is supportwts.com. Where their smoke is kept in check and integrity each week by its creators, Brett Gaida and Nick Jaworski, along with its support team, including Kristen McMullen and Teresa Ward. If you have a podcast or you want to make one and you want it to sound awesome, look up Nick at podcastmonster.com. And if you're looking for a keynote speaker, a panelist, or a facilitator for an event, reach out to me, Brett, B-R-E-T-T, at wherethersmoke.co. Our podcast cover was designed by Sam Goff, redesigned by Ricky Rowe at Alchemist Creative. The WTS theme song was written and recorded by Des McKinney and remixed by Nick Jaworski. And speaking of music and Nick, Nick, what other musical artists were featured in this episode? All right, this week we had music from Ketza, Mads, Blue Dot Sessions, Lee Rosevera, Kai Engel, Lisa Germano, Scott Gratton, and of course, your friend and mine, Kevin McLeod. And as we sign off, remember there's a lot in this world you cannot control, most of it actually, but your integrity, our integrity, is something that we all get to dictate. I didn't realize you hated me that much. I don't hate you at all. Then why? It's just you have no integrity. That's the worst thing I could say about anybody. <laughs> well, that's... That's just... I hope you find what you're looking for. Good luck. Thanks for listening. We love you. We'll see you next time.